Hey guys, welcome back to the Further Up, Further In podcast. This is Kayla, and I've got my two good friends, Sean and Haley, joining me today. You guys want to say hey? Hey. Hey. Okay, the first one was Sean, the second one was Haley, just in case that matters later. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, we are super excited to just be doing an episode about Hebrews 1, talk about what um, the Spirit's been speaking to us, how the Spirit's been moving this week as we've been diving in to the Word by ourselves, with each other, with other people, and we hope that you guys have gotten the chance to to dive in as well, and we're, we're excited to unpack some of that, to share some of it with you, but um, before we get started, Sean's going to open us up in a word of prayer. You want to go ahead? Yep. Sweet. Okay. Father, I just thank you that whether I am praying right next to a microphone that most people are going to hear later or whether I'm praying alone in my room that I can talk to you like a friend that I can talk to Mm -hmm. you like my father that I can come to you without fear and so I just ask that we come into this time of just discussing your word with open hearts and open minds and open hands and all the things all any fears we may have of doing this or any Lies that we may be believing anything that happened in our day that you would just clear all that away so that we could see this clearly. And I pray that this would not be Haley and Sean and Kayla speaking, but that this would be you speaking through us and that you would push us aside if you need to, to mm-hmm. say what you want to say. Um, and just that there wouldn't be any pride in that, but also that there wouldn't be any fear. And I pray that for the three of us. And I pray for anyone listening, just that you would be speaking to them through your word. Um, and I pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. 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 Thanks for praying, Sean. Um, so yeah, let's let's just talk about for a second how good time in Hebrews has been this week. Um, it's been so good. It's been so cool to do this in community, to dive in with our friends, to see how the Spirit's moving, revealing things to each one of us, um, convicting us of sin, showing us the beauties of the character of Christ, yeah. um, and doing far more abundantly than all that we could ask or think through this already. And it's day four now. Mm-hmm. So, um, man, it's just cool. The Father's faithful. So, yeah, we're just going to start off straight off in verse one. Um, and so in verse one and two, it says, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. And, and I just, I, I, I've been so convicted this week by the Spirit in such a beautiful way to be reminded that, that God spoke to us. God speaks to us. God is not a silent, distant God. Yeah. Um, and that's just something that's so beautiful, something that I feel like it's easy for the enemy to make familiar to me. Um and I, I don't always approach it. I don't always wake up each day with this wonder about it, that God is a God who speaks. Um, and, and was just reminded as I as I read um, verse 1, where it's like, God spoke to our fathers. So God spoke to these people. And, and I was reminded that like God, God spoke to us. And He could have just spoken to us once, and it would have been enough. Like He could have just spoken the gospel to us. We would have been saved, and it, and it would have been fine. But he continues speaking to his people through Jesus. It, it says, you know, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. And, and we know from the context and from some commentaries and stuff like that, like when it says in these last days, it refers to from the second that Jesus appeared on the earth until the end of time. 
And so that's that's us. That's not just when this letter was written. That's relevant now. That's relevant until kingdom come. So God is, God is still in the process of speaking to us day by day through His Son. And that's just incredible. That's, that's something that I don't want to get familiar with at all. Yeah, and it's like you were saying, telling me the other day about how that's also how, um, like, God's saving us. Like, He doesn't just stop there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, it, yeah, that's something that the Spirit's been putting on my heart a lot lately is just that, you know, the, the salvation is sufficient. Salvation is, is good, and sanctification is such a gift, Yeah, you know? Like, like, I don't see it as that a lot. I pray for it. I try to muster up sanctification on my own, forgetting that it's a work of the Spirit, but it truly is such a gift. And so in the same way how, like, God spoke to us once, that would have been enough, but in His goodness, He chooses to keep speaking to us. God could have just saved me, shown me the gospel, stamped daughter across my forehead, and then been like, okay, like, you'll be perfect at kingdom come. Like, you'll be perfect when you stand before the throne, and so I'll see you when you get there. Um, But in His goodness, He chooses day by day, to make me more into the image of Jesus. And how does he do that? We see in 2 Corinthians 3 where it's like, and we with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed day by day into the image of Christ. And so we are literally sanctified. We're made more like Jesus by being with Jesus and looking at Jesus. And that that is such a gift. That's, that's something that could have waited until after I died and when I'm standing before the throne, but God and all of his goodness and all of his kindness, he's like, no, 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 no. I want more for you now. I want you to know me more now. I want you to know more of my goodness, more of my kindness. I'm not content with just waiting, which is even more crazy when we think about like time isn't as big of a deal to the father as it is to us. Yeah. But it like is a big deal to us. And so he cares just like He's like, he could have spoken to us once, just like you said, but he's like, mm-hmm. I want you to know more of me now. I want you to hear more from me now. Yeah. Or he yeah. could have set us free in Jesus and then just waited. But he's like, I want more freedom for you now. Yeah. I want more of yeah. me for you now. Yeah. Like eternal life starts now. Mm-hmm. It doesn't yeah. wait. Like when Jesus in John 17, three, he's like, and this is eternal life that they know you, the one true God. It, that starts now. It starts yeah. right now. There's nothing that keeps us from knowing God now. And and so, it's man, it's just a beautiful, kind thing. And it just reminds me to be so thankful and to find so much joy in sanctification that it's not a burden. It's not a report card. It's not a checklist. It, it's such a gift. Um, and, yeah, so I was just reminded that so much through uh, verses 1 and 2 this week. And then with, like, verse 3, I know one thing that we were kind of talking about when we got together just to discuss this chapter um, Sunday night with some friends of ours is the phrase, like, the sun is the radiance of God's glory and how um, just as we can't look directly at the sun, we can't be directly exposed to the fullness of God's glory Mm. um, because it's just so overwhelming. We'll fall down like dead. You know, all the stories in the Bible of how... Moses' face glowed when he was exposed to just yeah. a little bit yeah, yeah, yeah. of God's glory. And just as, like, rays are emitted from the sun to illuminate all things and remind us of the goodness and the presence of the sun, so, like, Christ is the radiance of God's glory to illuminate mm-hmm. and bring light to all the things in the earth. And we get to view things through His light, and there's mm-hmm. nothing that that light doesn't touch. Mm-hmm. And how it reminds us of the presence and the goodness of God. Yeah, so, like, that daily sanctification is taking all of these things that I was afraid to look at 
and daily helping me see it through the light, through the reality of Christ, through those rays. It, it was almost while you were talking, all I kept thinking about was, um, so the, the first day of school last year was the giant like solar eclipse yes. that everyone was freaking mm-hmm. out about. <laughs> and we had these crazy glasses and everyone was freaking out. They were like, don't look at the sun today. And everyone was, you just walk up and see groups of people just standing just staring, staring up, the sky. staring straight up mm-hmm. with these crazy 3D yeah. glasses that they ordered for $50 on Amazon. It was or, a good time to be a freshman. Or whatever. It, Great time. Oh man, it was a crazy day. But but that was that was almost what I was picturing when you were talking about how like like we can't we can't fully see and look at the glory of the father on our own like like we've we've got to use the rays of christ to see everything else and it's almost like looking directly at god we've now been given these solar eclipse glasses (laughs) that we can see the glory of the father with and uh, the looking at the glory of the father is probably way less anticlimactic than the solar eclipse was but uh but, but in the same way, it's like, man, I remember when we were looking around and, and you would look at the ground and like all of these crazy shadows would be everywhere. And it's like you couldn't look directly up at what was going on without glasses or anything else. But as you looked around, you could see the effect of everything that it was doing. And so mm-hmm. it's like day by day as a believer, I can trust that the Father is showing me more and more and more through mm-hmm. what Christ is doing as I can see the effects of it around me. And that's... That's just cool. But yeah, I remember that day. Everyone looked like a fool. (laughs) And just the fact that, like, Christ humbled himself and, like, veiled some of that so that we could see him and know Mm -hmm. him and that he was physical and he was not unreachable to us. And if we know Christ, we know the character of the Father and just how how kind Mm -hmm. it is that he did come down and that we could see and understand the Father's character through Christ. Mm. That's a good word. Um, yeah, and we see, you know, along with being the radiance of the glory of God, he is also the exact imprint of his nature. He's the um, exact representation of the character of God, the fullness of God, and all that he is has been given to us, um, which is all, all of these phrases. I feel like I need to paint them all or maybe get Haley to paint them for me. She's a great artist, but... Um, and just look at them all the time and just be reminded of these are these are big phrases. These mean really big things. Um, but man, when we get to the end of verse three, he upholds the universe by the word of his power. And after making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. I love that so much. <laughs> it's these these are big statements. These are these are big things. And this is just we were, you know, we were talking about it the other day. And I just couldn't get over how restful this was. I, you know, I just read that and I feel like I can go, okay, like awesome. I'm glad he's got it. I'm glad somebody's upholding the universe because <laughs> it sure as heck isn't me. I can't. But, <laughs> yeah, and, and so just reminding myself, having the spirit remind me over and over again that he's he's literally upholding the whole universe by his word. But he's not just upholding the whole universe. He's upholding my universe by his word, and that's just so so sweet. Um, so intimate, and, and and every single day he's he's there just speaking life into the whole universe, into my universe, and upholding it. Um, and, and it's crazy. I just keep thinking of this this image of when we see the creation story. You know, he started the universe with a word, with a breath. Let there be light. Blew a little bit, you know, um, and there was light, and it happened. 
and, and all of life started. He started life in Adam with a breath, picked him up and breathed into him. And we see he starts new life for us. Jesus started new life for us. His children with a word, with a breath, it is finished. And so each day he's breathing this life into me. He's upholding the universe. He's upholding my universe. He's upholding this new life in me every day. And, and I almost like to think of it as as it being really sweet, almost like if the Father's breathing out and that's every time I take a breath, I'm breathing in the breath that he breathed out. That's what's giving me life. Yeah. Um, and it's just really sweet and intimate to kind of picture it that way. And I'm reminded of... This verse in Job, it's in Job 34, verse 14 and 15. It says, If he should set his heart to it and gather to himself his spirit and his breath, all flesh would perish together and man would return to dust. And so it's literally like if, if God stopped breathing and just went and held his breath, that that would be the end of it. That would be everything. And so we, every second that we continue, it's God choosing to keep breathing. He's choosing to breathe in like this common grace to everyone um, so that they're still alive, but especially breathing this intimate breath of new life. I just picture Jesus on the cross going, it is finished, breathing his last. And that's the breath that's getting breathed into me every single day. And there's just something so restful in that. And then we see after making purification, unlike any other priest before him, he sat down. He's the only priest that was able to sit down because his work was actually sufficient. It was actually finished and he rested. And in Genesis 1, we see the same thing at the end of creation. God finished his work. He saw that it was good. He declared it good and he rested. And, and in the same way on the cross, Jesus said, it is finished and sat down and rested. And, and it doesn't just end there, right? Like now he invites us to sit down with him to rest with him. In Ephesians 2, 6, it says that we've been made alive. We've been raised and seated with Christ. We've been made alive. That breath has been breathed into us and given us life. And we're now seated with Christ as he sits at the right hand of the Father. And I... That's just like so beyond my comprehension. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm such yeah. a not restful person. I'm constantly <laughs> thinking and analyzing and worrying and even doing this. Okay, what am I saying? Like, yes, I need to trust the Spirit, but how do I... Uh, uh, and the fact that like... Christ invites us to rest. Mm. I don't have to think. I don't have to be. I don't have to try. I don't have to do. Yeah. I just get to rest. And that's so beyond yeah. my experience and my comprehension, but so, so cool. There's so much in my flesh and the enemy just trying to tempt me to believe that there's still work to be done. Yes. Um, that that That's too good to be true, that it's all finished, that I can just sit down and rest. Like, you can't relax. No. There, we've got stuff to do. Um but, but Jesus truly is that good, and it, his work was truly that sufficient. That blows my mind. Uh, I know the other day, Sean and Haley, were as we were going through this, they were talking about um, a lot of the Old Testament references that we find, really all throughout Hebrews, but especially in chapter 1. And Sean had some really good points about that. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so I think it's really easy to just breeze by those. I know I did the first couple times I went through. <laughs> I'm always tempted to. Sean's laughing at me because every time we say something like that, I always point at myself and I'm just like, yeah, I'm guilty. Like, it is what it is. <laughs> oh, I kind of like, I just because I had some extra time, um, I went back and followed, because I'm always really suspicious. I'm like, oh, look, you took this one tiny thing 
it's got to be out of context. Mm. And so I, I went back and traced it, and one of them just really blew my mind. I've been geeking out over it for the past few days. <laughs> it's the one, it's in 2 Samuel 7.14 and 1 Chronicles 7.13. Where, they say where is it referenced thing. in Hebrews 1? It's the second. Oh, okay. It should be like the second oldest Yeah, reference. in verse 5. Yeah, okay. Yes, it's that one. Yep. Um, and so if you go back, it's just to give like a little bit of context, it's the Lord speaking to David through Nathan. So David's like the great king, a man after God's own heart. Mm. Um, and Jesus was a descendant of the line of David. And so Nathan's talking to David and he says, I declare to you that the Lord will build a house for you. When your days are over and you go to be with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, one of your own sons, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for me, and I will establish his throne forever. And then this is what's quoted in Hebrews. Hmm. I will be his father, and he will be my son. And then it goes on to say, I will never take my love away from him as I took it away from your predecessor. I will set him over my house and my kingdom forever. His throne will be established forever. Wow. What what verses were those again? That's First uh, Chronicles 17, 10b, like halfway through 10 through 14. Okay. Okay. Awesome. So it has, I think it references specifically First Chronicles. Chronicles 17, 13. So that's kind of the context in the paragraph around it. Mm -hmm. And it's really easy to look at that and be like, okay, Solomon was David's son. He built the temple. That was God's dwelling place. But if you look at that in the bigger picture and see the full fulfillment, he says, not just like, I'll have a temporary earthly house. No, I will set him over my house and my kingdom forever. His throne will be established forever. It's just such a clear picture of Jesus, and so it's so cool that mm. God has been speaking. He's been telling us His story all through time, yeah, the whole time, it wasn't and we a kept missing plan. it. Yeah, yeah. But, Which I'm sure, like even David missed it. He's like, "This is awesome. My son's gonna be better than all yours." Yeah. Like, um, but, but no, he's pointing us forward to Jesus, so that yeah. when Jesus was there, we would see it. We wouldn't miss the yeah, miracle. Which, which is crazy because, like, like I've been familiar with Jesus my whole life, and. Um, even reading through Hebrews for I don't know how many times and it's just like I read that in verse 5 where it's like I will be to him a father and he shall be to me a son and I'm just like okay yeah like God and the son that's awesome and then I read that passage in first chronicles and I'm like well duh David had a son Solomon and it's like I'm even given the context and I still don't pick up on it um and so that's just that's refreshing and it's also really helpful that they put footnotes for all of these oh, years, <laughs> so I, I know exactly where to go to find them. And that's what the people, it's just so cool to take the context of, like, wh- who Hebrews was written to as a group of Jewish, like, believers, and mm-hmm. so they would have been so, they would have known these scriptures, like, the back of their hand, mm. and so this author is so carefully saying, you know all of this, you think yeah. you've seen it all, but look, like, yeah. look, here's look, the Messiah. Yeah, like, almost here's like, light. like yeah. we were talking about, like, look through it. Like, look through those solar eclipse glasses that you've been given at it this way. You've never seen it this way before, but this is how it was always intended to be seen. Jesus is right here. He's always been here. He always Mm -hmm. was here. And so just the fact that the author is so carefully, it reminds me of how God does speak to us as individuals. And he was speaking to these people saying, look, here's my son. This is how I spoke to you now. Like, we spoke through the prophets, but this is my son. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's good. And then... um. 
in verse 14, something that was extremely striking to me about Hebrews <laughs> was the way that um, it presented the angels in just an extremely new way to me. Yeah. I absolutely loved how they were just talked about as ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation. Mm-hmm. In the past, I've completely thought about angels as just heavenly beings who are up there waiting for us um, when we get to heaven. But in Hebrews, that's just... That's just not the case at all, and I mean, it's just incredible to me that they're that they're here and that they're fighting on our behalf here on earth, and that they're ministering spirits here for us, and that they're like they're not waiting for us to get to heaven, and that it's completely like a family dynamic, and that they they want us to all like be there together, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah like you were saying earlier, how how do you explain that? Oh, with Christmas dinner. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah like, I love that. <laughs> Christmas dinner is, is family dinner. It's this, it's this really big deal. And, um, you know, you, you can't start eating until everyone shows up. That's most usually the common practice. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's almost like, you know, we picture the angels almost as, as being stagnant, as praising God for yeah. forever and ever and doing all these things. And it's almost like, they're like, no, like, our family's not all here yet. We can't eat yet. Like we can't uh-huh. celebrate this yet. We can't have the feast. We can't. We can't do all this stuff together. We got to go out and find our family, and then we'll eat once they get here. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's cool to think about it that way. That even even the spirits are serving and working for our sake, um, mm-hmm. which is just incredible. And I will say, um, one of the coolest things I think that we talked about the other day that was obviously just a gift from the Spirit that I don't think any of us had really seen before coming to Hebrews. None of us really had talked about it. But but what led to this conversation was like, man, verses 1 through 4 are so good. Why in the world would they put over half of this chapter as just Old Testament references, because this is where the joke started. I was like, I just read through them. Like, they've already been <laughs> set somewhere else. No. Um, like, I don't understand why they're there. I don't understand what they're doing. And and so we, we got into this big discussion with a group of us talking about why, why they're there. What does this signify? Why is this important? And through this conversation, I think we all just kind of started to realize it was like the spirit just dropped a truth bomb in the room, like a stink bomb, but a truth bomb. And it just like (laughs) infused into all of us at the same time. Um, But, but realizing the context of this book, kind of like what Sean was talking about earlier, that this is, this is written to Jewish communities that knew the old Testament scriptures, like the back of their hand had whole sections, if not the whole old Testament memorized, which is just mind-blowing to me. It's so impressive. Um, And and could relate to these scriptures in ways that I'm never going to be able to. Like, it doesn't matter how familiar I get with this. This wasn't my context. This wasn't what's been ingrained in me since birth. And and it wasn't something that was going to deeply move me. And, um, And so I can imagine kind of how unsettled they are when what they've known their whole life has kind of taken a turn to... To mean something completely different, and um, and so we were we were kind of reminded we were discussing this pretty pretty much in a lot of detail of you know for those of us that have grown up in church or been been around Christian communities for a long time one of the thing that sh- one of the things that stressed really early on is that Jesus is both man and God but it's really really emphasized that 
that Jesus is God. Jesus is part of the Trinity. We use all these big church words and stuff like that. And, and we focus on that so, so much, which isn't a bad thing. I'm not criticizing it at all. But it's important to remember that in this kind of context and people that were around with, you know, while Jesus was around within the first century after Jesus was gone, they knew him first as a human. They didn't know him first as yeah. God. Yeah. And we were just talking about that. And we we're like, wow, like, I've never actually thought about this before. I've never thought about having to be convinced that I saw a human being and that they're God, you know? And, and so when we started talking about this and we started looking at chapter one in that context, we realized, whoa, 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 whoa. Everything in this chapter is serving as a distinction that Jesus is so much more than all that we can imagine. From the first verse, it's long ago at many times in many ways, God spoke to us by the prophets. But in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son. What does that signify? Like, that he's more than just a prophet. Because mm-hmm. I, I that, that would have been really easy to believe. I mean, we can get into the, the C.S. Lewis quote about how he's either a liar, a lunatic, or Lord. Yeah, I love that one. But, we, and, and that's easy, kind of easy for us to say now because we can, like, go back and reference everything he said 8,000 right. times. But being around someone that was a human, very clearly a human, it would probably have been a big stretch to be like, yeah, you're definitely God. You know, like that would that would, it would have been easy to reconcile after I've spent hundreds of years studying all of these prophets and seeing how familiar they are to my culture. I've memorized entire books that prophets wrote. It it would be easy to be like this is this is an even better prophet than we've seen before. And and to know that's not what we see in Hebrews 1. We see that it's all about convincing us that Jesus is so much more than anything we've ever seen before. That he's so much better. That he's more than just a human, he's more than just a prophet, he's more than just an angel. He is literally the son of God that that was a human, but was also a God. And in our context, sometimes we're so quick to believe the God thing, it's easy for us to forget the human thing. And we have to be reminded over and over and over again that Jesus actually was human, that he walked upon the earth, that he lived in a broken body just like we do until it was raised to life. Um... But, but for these people in these Jewish communities, that wasn't the case. Their, their first instinct was Jesus was a human. Like, that's, yeah. that's what they knew. And so we see um, in verses 1 through 4, right, like, um, it, it calls Jesus his son. It calls him the heir of all things, the one who created the world, the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature, who upholds the universe by his power. He made purifications for sins, and he sat down at the right hand of the majesty, coming much superior to angels. And then we see like all of these Old Testament scriptures talking about how he is higher than the angels, talking about how he's been there since the beginning, how he'll be there till the end, how he doesn't age, how he stays the same. These are big claims that you don't see anywhere else about a human or a prophet right. or an, even yeah. an angel. Like these, these are very individualized, specific, mm-hmm. big things that that would have changed the lives of these Jewish communities. That would have shown these verses, kind of like we talked about before, in a completely different context than anyone had ever seen before. Um, and just talk about how like Jesus is better than mm-hmm. anything they've seen. Like you think the prophets were great, Jesus is better. He's yeah. the fulfillment of that. Yeah, like you think combine the all were the great? prophets and. 
Jesus is even better than that, you know? Yeah, and you think you think he was a great teacher? Like, he's better than that. You mm-hmm. think angels are great? He's better than that. You think the priest fulfilled this need for sacrifice and atonement? He's better than that. He does mm-hmm. it better than that. He works it to completeness, and that's just a theme throughout the whole book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The book of better things. Um, man, and so it just it changed everything when we realized coming in to chapter 1, kind of the context, what would have been easy for for people to view this through, the lens that they were viewing this through, and then realizing that, whoa, this is saying so much more about the character of Christ. It's almost like when we talked about, like, in verse 1 and 2 of, of this thing of God speaking, I don't want to get familiar with that. I want the Spirit to restore the wonder of that to me. In the same way, Jesus being so much higher than the angels, so much higher than any prophet, so much better that's something that we can kind of get familiar with yeah. after a while. And it's just something that I just, I I need the Spirit to keep restoring this wonder to me about it. Uh, yeah, and so that was, that was incredible um, talking about the other day for sure. You guys got anything else? I think that about I covers it. That covers everything, yeah. I don't know if it covers... Every, I don't think we can ever cover everything. But uh, we're running out of time. We've covered a lot. Um, but yeah, the last thing we want to say is, man, if you're if you're going through this study with us, if you're diving into the book of Hebrews, or if you haven't yet and you're thinking about it, join in. It's not too late. It's never too late. Um, it's so fruitful. It's, it's so, so worth fruitful. It. It's not yes. too much reading. Go through it with community. Um, find a pal. Find a couple pals. Buy them dinner. That's how I got these guys to stick around. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, She's but, not kidding, partially. I'm kind of kidding. Um, they wanted to be here, but they're also getting free food out of it. So It's a win-win for us. It's really. a win-win. But anyway, man, yeah, just get some people, believers, unbelievers alike, and study the Word together because it brings so much life and so much fruit. Um, but yeah, if you're going through this study with us, let us know. Let us know what the Spirit's doing in your life. Let us know how He's moving through this time. Um, you can send us an email at comefurtherup at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at comefurtherup. You can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Um, and, and let us know if you have any questions about anything that we talked about today, if there's anything that you're reading that you're kind of struggling with or um, ideas that you have for things that you think would be great to talk about or you want to hear about or if... You know, the Lord is using this podcast in your life in any way. Please don't hesitate to let us know. We want to know how the Spirit's moving, what He's doing. Um, And we also want to know how we can be there for you guys to care for you, to pray for you, um, and to do whatever we can to help the Spirit bear more fruit. Yeah. Man. Well, I think that's all we got. We're running out of time. You guys got anything? I don't think so. Okay. Well, thanks for joining us. You guys have been a pleasure um yeah and thanks guys for reading hebrews with us like i said it's not too late to jump in and you can tune in next week for the episode on chapter two so we'll start reading that on sunday yeah thanks for tuning in